Hey, real quick, Craig here. If you're looking to take your six-figure business to seven figures and beyond, let's talk to see how the Built to Scale program can help you grow your business without sacrificing your personal life. Head to builttoscalehq.com to set up your one-on-one call with me. Welcome to Built to Scale, where we have real conversations with entrepreneurs just like you about what it takes to build a thriving business without sacrificing your personal life. My name is Craig Severinsen, and I help people make more money working with better clients while also working less. And now I'm sharing it all with you. Let's dive in. Hey guys, and welcome to episode six. I'm super excited about this one because we're talking to my friend, Brittany Dixon, and she runs a company called Brittany & Co. And she's also the host of the podcast, Process for Profit. And what I love about Brittany is that she's all about systems and processes, which is how you go from owning your job to actually being the CEO of a business, having teamwork for you, and being able to have that freedom that we all wanted when we started our business. So three things to look out for in this one. Number one, she talks about the importance of having clarity in her business and how having that vision has really helped her grow. Number two, I ask her a really uh, obvious question and we get some real value when she says that tech is not the first thing you should be looking at when you start building systems. And she gives us what you should be looking at and, uh, and her approach to getting started with systems and processes. And then the last thing, we talk about boundaries and how boundaries are so important for raising your rates, hiring staff, and just having a balanced life. It's really good stuff. I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Cool. Well, hey, Brittany, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. How are things going? Good, good. Busy with crazy back to school, but uh, good. <laughs> so for you, is back to school like a happy time or a sad time? Like, how does that play in for um, you? It's it's happy. I mean, I have a babysitter that watches the kids during the summer so that I can run my business. So um, it's really not a big shift, but the kids kids aren't as happy because they've got to do the the bedtime routine and getting up early. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, it's like a relief. Like, you know, I'm sad to see the kids gone longer and you don't get to spend as much time with them. But yeah. working from home, it's like I love that rhythm. Of right. <laughs> you've got this huge chunk of time where like no one's distracting you. And yeah. so I'm excited for it. That's awesome. 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 So, I, you know, I remember there being like an interesting story about how you got into what you do. So like, let's walk me through that. Like, how did you, what, what is it that you're doing right now? And how did you get to that point? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So right now I do systems processes on automation for small business. So all the unsexy back end organization of business and systems and processes. Um, but it's super interesting and kind of have, has come full circle. I actually starting started in the wedding and event planning space. So, um, I worked in food service and hospitality for quite a while. Um, and essentially I started working for a wedding planner did all of the back end for them. Um, and then I moved into a corporate restaurant doing the same thing. So it was a lot of the sales, um, event planning pieces, all the back end marketing stuff. 
And I actually got let go from there because I was an out of the box thinker. So, um, you know, all entrepreneurs, we don't fit inside of a box and they were trying to put me inside of a box and it didn't work. So, um, I kind of became an accidental entrepreneur. I had started a side hustle previous to getting let go, uh, organizing houses. So I went from organizing events to organizing houses to organizing businesses. So really I am just that crazy type A organized planner. Um, I've been that way since I was 16, but, um, just saw a huge, huge need for it in the business space. And I kind of accidentally got dropped into this online business space because I was just looking for a business coach. And then I saw my Facebook feed filled with like online businesses and coaches. And I'm like, wait a second, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I was just looking for like more clients to come into my home organizing business. And then I was like, maybe we're going to pivot. Let's check this out. (laughs) So uh, you said something there that like hit me hard. Like I remember, so I had, when I was working in the corporate world, I feel like I had like dream jobs. Like I worked for Edelman Public Relations, which is just the biggest PR firm in the world. Then I worked for Disney and then I was, uh, it worked for this great nonprofit. And like, I always was kind of like beating myself up because I felt like I didn't, I was never happy. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm working for these great places, great companies and I just am not happy. And it wasn't until I started my business that I'm like, oh, like I just, oh. <laughs> like I just didn't, <laughs> like my personality just doesn't jive with that corporate world. Yeah. Um. So I thought that you know it's good to hear that I'm not the only one. That was yeah. Like, no, I definitely had a lot of that. It was I was putting new ideas in place that were working, and they're like, well, that's not how we've done it in the past. I'm like okay, but we have to try new things to make things work. And it was just consistently that over and over. I kept getting met with that, and I'm like. I wasn't happy there anyways, but it was just an easy thing. It was comfortable. And then they decided to uh, make it real uncomfortable. And I'm real glad they did because now we're here. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You know, I, uh, I can relate. I don't, I didn't get fired. I quit, but like, I think if I had stayed longer, <laughs> cause it was like the same right? thing with like, just, I kept pushing and they kept pushing back and it was like, yeah. n- you know, things were going well, but it was just like, Obviously, there's a there's a problem and a rift forming, right? Now, have you have you thought about getting like if you had to go back and get not that not that like your business failed or something, but like if you had to go back and get a job for some reason, yeah. do you think that would be something that you could handle now, knowing well, that, or is it just no? I don't think so. I think I would work twenty four seven to build my business bigger and make it better. I, I don't think I could go back ever. Um, I love that. I don't know if it's the, I don't even think it's the structure. Obviously I do systems, so I like structure, right? But I think it's just the fact that I can work at noon if I want or eight or midnight or whenever. And like, I have that flexibility. I was just on vacation for a week. I'm going on vacation again for a week. Like you can't do that when you work for corporate. So, um, I don't think so. I don't think anyone can ever hire me again. Uh, yeah, I think the entrepreneur, the phrase in the entrepreneur community, community is we're unemployable, right? Yeah, like, yep. <laughs> just no one will hire us and we don't want to be hired. They're like, but I want to. And I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I went on vacation. Um, you know, I went and spoke at a conference and just decided to turn it into a vacation. And yeah. I was gone for like almost two weeks. And uh, I we went and saw my in-laws. And my brother-in-law was like, so like, how, did you take all your vacation time? I'm like, vacation time? You're I can do whatever I want, man. You're the one with vacation time. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Yeah, we've been on, so we just got a camper. So we've been on so many like long weekends. We actually came down to Missouri for an entire week on the, with the RV. Um, Yeah, you can't do that with a corporate job. It's just not possible. (laughs) 
came down to Missouri and didn't stop to see me. I'm very I know. I was actually thinking we were in Branson. How close is that to you? Oh, uh, it's still kind of far. I'm in okay. St. Louis. I was going to say Missouri's pretty. Oh, we came through St. Louis. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so you yeah. did drive probably right past my house. <laughs> so, okay, there you go. <laughs> I see how it is. Oh, well, goodness. cool. So, um, so you've got, you know, love the story, but like what now is what's you, what are you working on now? Where are you taking the business? Yeah. So, um, I have a podcast. We have a year long group coaching program. I do one-on-one consulting type of stuff. So, um, really we are just here to make a giant impact on as many small businesses as possible. Uh, I've started building a team under me with some people that kind of do some of the back end stuff. Like I do, we've got the podcast that we're trying to get out to all the people and make a big impact. Um, but really we're just here to solve the operations problems of small businesses so that they can solve the problems of the world. So really trying to create that ripple effect and, um, as much as I can help behind the scenes, because I know that's not everyone's zone of genius and it is mine. Um, we're just here, here to help as much as we can. I love that. What, um, what drove the decision for the marketing of like using a podcast for your marketing? Like why, why that? Um, so I'm a behind the scenes kind of person. (laughs) I don't love video. I mean, I definitely have to be on video and I do get on video and it's, I've become way more comfortable in the four years that I've been in business, but I would much rather be behind a mic and not in front of people. So I just felt that that was a good way for me. And a lot of my listeners are kind of on the go and busy and busy entrepreneurs. So I think it was just a win-win on both sides for sure. How have you seen, I'm just, I'm curious about, I'm always curious about marketing. Like, how have yeah. you seen uh, the podcast? Has it, has it really helped or not helped? Like, is that something that you would recommend to other people? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think uh, you have to kind of know your ideal client, make sure that it's a good fit for them and that you have the time for it because it is really time consuming. Um, if I didn't have a podcast editor, I would not have a podcast. Like, it would not happen. So <laughs> I'm like, if all I have to do is record and pass it over, like, I'm down. But if I have to edit, and I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not happening. Um, so yeah, I would definitely suggest it to people um, as another kind of outlet for marketing. I think for me, the biggest thing is for the awareness piece. So those people that maybe aren't ready or they're just starting their business and they kind of just want to dip their toe into systems. It's super helpful. Um, I obviously have gotten clients from it, referrals and stuff like that as well, but it definitely was not created to kind of monetize at the beginning. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I, you know, we're in the middle of launching, uh, this is the first show I've done. That's not been like a live show. Like I've done a lot of live Facebook, (laughs) you know, I've been, I've been doing this for a while, but this is the first time we've made produced something. And it's just been an interesting experience. There's definitely a different feel to it in terms of like credibility and in terms of like being able to reach and actually impact people. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, haven't been, we've only released like three episodes and I already have people reaching out to me and being like, hey, you know, you inspired me to do this or this happened. Yeah. And I, I just think that's really, really cool that I haven't experienced. I, with YouTube videos, I experienced something similar, but like with yeah. live shows, you don't get that same like feedback. Yeah. 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 We're actually coming up on our two year anniversary and our hundredth episode. So congrats! (laughs) I know it's crazy. It's, uh, it was something that I was like, you know what? I want to start a podcast because I was actually on a lot of podcasts previous to that. And I'm like, I really like that. Let me start my own. You know, it's a whole thing. I'm just like, let's add that. It's fine. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we've really enjoyed it. And I feel like we get a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, that was huge. And giant aha. So like looking back at your entrepreneurial journey so far, like what has been 
man, I've got like two questions. So yeah. <laughs> what's like what's like the hardest thing that's like you've had to overcome? Like what's been like the biggest like, man, I'm so glad I did this because it really helped me grow or helped the business grow or something like that. So like hardest thing, best thing. Yeah. I mean, I think they might be tied together. So I think just investing in support. <laughs> um, I think especially when you're first getting started, you're a brand new entrepreneur, you don't have funds coming in consistently. Investing is really difficult. Um, it's really scary because you're like, I, I don't even know what this is going to do. But it also on the flip side of that, can change so much so fast. I know mm -hmm. even just working with you, I've hired numerous coaches. I'm part of a mastermind right now. Like once you, I feel like once you flip that switch, you can't go back because you see how quickly things happen and you're like, okay, we're just going to keep doing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that the mindset piece has probably been the hardest, honestly. Um, and then just the investing piece and, and knowing when to invest and how, and it's all scary. So <laughs> yeah, really cool. So, uh, yeah, just so full disclosure for everyone else listening, yeah. uh, Brittany and I did work together. Uh, she was a client of mine. Man, it's been like two years now, though. It's been a while, I right? I feel like it's been at least two, maybe like moving towards three. It's crazy. Maybe. I don't know how time goes so quickly. <laughs> it just flies. So so how did you get? OK, so I 100 percent agree. And I think that even. OK, so actually, let me step back. So when you say hiring support, are you meaning like hiring team and staff or getting coach and helping with the mindset stuff? Yeah, so I think it's probably both. And honestly, I think hiring coaches first is probably smarter. Um, I did it backwards and then like reverse decision. Yeah, so I've done it all the way. <laughs> um, but I think until you have like full clarity on exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it, it doesn't make sense to bring people in to just do things. Um, and I did that at first. I was like, oh, I need a VA to come in and like start doing some stuff for me, like behind the scenes and here's some random tasks. And I, I don't think I fully utilized their expertise or my money using their expertise because mm -hmm. I didn't have the clarity. And I think if I would have hired a like higher level coach a little bit earlier on, it would have been a little less of that experimenting. But um, I think too, a lot of that's just the process, right? Like we kind of just have to go through that <laughs> and learn and, and go over all those speed bumps. Man, like so much of what you said is so true. And first, like the clarity piece, right? It's like, I know in my business, it's like when I'm not clear, everything just kind of stands still. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. and as soon as you get clear, like this is what I want, suddenly everything starts to move forward, right? Or this is the direction we want to go. It's like things start to move forward. And I think that's just like you feel more confident. You take more action when you know exactly where you want to go. Yes, for sure. I feel like anytime I'm not clear, decisions are harder. Work is harder. I feel like not doing things like my task list. I'm just like dreading. It's yeah, it affects everything. But as soon as you have that, like, okay, we're going to reset, recalibrate, and this is what we're doing. It's like full speed ahead. <laughs> So like, do you feel like that clarity is more like, is it, is it, is it vision? Like, is it really having a clear vision for your business? Um, I, th I think yes, a little bit. I think obviously that vision, that why, like big picture, if you don't have that nailed down, like you'll want to quit so many times as an <laughs> entrepreneur. Like uh, there were so many times when I, I knew what that big picture kind of looked like, but I didn't have full clarity. And like, I was just spinning my wheels and I'm just like, there's no way I'm going to get there. Like, this is crazy. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to go get a job. Um, but once you like really nail it down and you really like revisit it 
often. Um, I think it definitely helps kind of move things forward. Um, and then just kind of clarity on what your, your role in the company is too, because Mm -hmm. I feel like I got stuck in a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing that don't really fit my personality type or just me as a CEO. I shouldn't be doing a lot of things that I was doing. And until you kind of get that clarity, it's, you're doing a lot of stuff you shouldn't be doing. You're not moving things forward. It's kind of just a mess. So clarity is key. <laughs> Love that. Love that so much. And it's like the, uh, once you, once you get that vision, it makes everything so much easier. I think, especially your marketing and your sales, because once you start saying, this is where I want to take my clients, this is where I want to take my business, this is where I want to take the industry. Like you suddenly have this flag for people to rally behind and they actually will come a lot more easily, I guess is the word, yeah. but it's like, enthusiastically, maybe that's the better word. Like they're much more enthusiastic about, yeah, I want to get on this bandwagon because I love what you're saying. You know, I, I jive with what you're putting down. Is that, is that a phrase? (laughs) I mean, well, you could bring it back. It's good. Yeah. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm not old school. I'm cutting edge guys. I'm bringing it back. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, cool. So, you know, where, um, like what are the goals you're working on right now? What are some of the goals you're working on? Yeah. So, um, for me, it's super important to kind of free up a little bit of my time. I've, I've done a lot of one-on-one stuff, um, even during the summer with vacations and stuff. And I've come to realize that my calendar, I I want some more white space. (laughs) I love it. And I love doing all of it, but there are just times where I've already kind of shifted and I'm like, I'm not taking calls on Fridays. Typically I'm not going to do this. Like I start to create these boundaries because then it's starting to free up that time. So for us, we have a one to many program called hustle to flow. So that's kind of what we're going all in on. Um, because that is a like group coaching type of thing. So it's obviously less of my time, but bigger impact because I can reach more people in that time frame. Um, so we're actually getting ready to launch that. So that's kind of our main focus for the rest of the year and probably into next year, honestly. What's the, uh, what's the ideal person for that? Like what's the big takeaway for joining that program? Yeah. So, um, we work with a lot of introverted content creators, um, copywriters and marketing people. Typically a lot of them are creative and are just not like systems oriented. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're like, I can do the work for the clients all day long, but like my onboarding process takes forever or I'm not managing the project. So then I can't take on very many. So, um, we really work with them for systems and structures for that. And a lot of them too are newer business owners. They've only been in business for a couple of years. So typically they're they're kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and doing all the things and they need to kind of simplify what they're doing. <laughs> I, I imagine them saying my onboarding process takes forever. And then you're looking at it and be like, ah, oh, there is no onboarding process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, it takes me forever and there's stuff everywhere. And I'm like, uh, do you, do you have a checklist? They're like, yeah, no, no checklist. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, I love this so much because for me, it's like you start your business. I think every entrepreneur does to some extent uh, we could, you know, everyone's motivations are probably slightly different, but like yeah. to some extent it's, I wanted more freedom, right? Yes. I wanted more control and lots of people get into their business and end up owning, you know, it's, it's like the E-Myth, uh, guy, Michael Gerber said in his book, E-Myth, um, it's like you start owning your job, right? Yep. It's not really a business, it's a job. And by getting those systems in place and hiring people to run the systems, that's how you take make that shift from solo pro owning a job to actual CEO who can take those two or three week vacations or month long vacation and the business doesn't fall apart. 
Yeah, for sure. It's, I was, I've been in both of those positions, so <laughs> I can definitely see that shift. Um, and it is, it, it's your baby. You created it, right? You're like, I'm just, I'm going to do everything I can to make this work. And there is a hustle period and there's stages and different like stages within your business, even still, like even when you get to that CEO spot, right? Like you're going to grow again and you're going to go through the stage of hustle. It's always going to be there in some form. Um, but I think when people are working until midnight and getting up at 3 a.m. and those kinds of things, I'm like, that's not sustainable. We've got to get some stuff in place. Yeah. You know, and I think I, I've been thinking about this um, a lot lately where we get sucked down that, you know, that, that hustle culture is so prevalent in the entrepreneurial yes. community and the phrase that I like to say is hustle does not equal value. You know what I mean? Like if you need to be up at three in the morning on the computer to finish that project, that's, you know, every once in a while. Okay. That's awesome. But if that's every day, guess what? Your clients don't know you're up at 3am. Like that's not uh, helping anybody. So like, I think that's a big shift that we have to like really embrace is that we've been raised as a culture to think hustle and hard work equals value it equals all that other stuff but um or money right and it's really not true it's not true no and i mean if you're if you're still making the same amount of money and you're working until 3 a.m but you can shift that and do a regular schedule like which one would you rather have right (laughs) like it's not yeah i've talked a lot about like self-care and i work with mostly women so self-care is always pretty important but i've talked about how systems are really self-care for your business because if you don't have systems in place like you're going to be up all night and you're going to be trying to find files and you're going to be an email forever. And you're just going to be scattered all the time. And you're going to be very reactive instead of proactive, which is going to wear down on you at some point and you will burn out. Um, I know from experience. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I really talk about how systems are self-care for your business because if you don't put those things in place, it's going to be the hustle and 3am and I like my sleep. So I'm not getting up at 3am for anybody. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. And you know, it's hard because once you start putting in those systems and processes, you're, you, it, everything becomes leveraged. So it's like yeah. everything's easier, takes less time. Yeah. And so then suddenly you have that white space in your calendar and it's easy for you to start feeling guilty that, oh my goodness, I'm not busy. And you start backfilling yeah. <laughs> with like useless, useless crap. You know what I mean? It's like, you've got to yeah. like be really intentional. I think also it's like, um, you start to see that white space on your calendar. You start to fill it with things that are meaningful for you. You know, like for me, I'll give an example for me. Um, I bought, a a old firebird, an old car and I'm fixing it up with my dad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's filling up my white space instead of, uh, filling it up with work. I go on hikes with the kids. You know what I mean? Like yeah. intentionally choosing to not be busy Yeah. or, or maybe even better said busy with the right things, right? Busy with the yeah, things that matter. Sure. Yeah. And going back to kind of that hustle culture thing too. I don't know. Are you familiar with human design at all? Um, as a concept, yeah, is not, not as a company, if that's a company. So I'm not a pro by any means, but, um, it's really a tool. It's somewhat similar to like personality exams and tests and things like that, like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, that kind of thing. Um, it really just kind of ties in like astrology and chakras and energy sources and things like that. But, um, it's based off of your birth date, birth time and birth location. Um, so it's really nothing that you can control, which is pretty cool. Um, and it just tells you there's five human design types. Types, um, and it kind of gives you insight on how to run your life and your business and just kind of learn more about yourself so that you can operate more efficiently. 
I actually have a friend and I just took the test. I'm a projector. And she was like, so, you know, projectors are supposed to work like three hours a day. And I'm like, oh, I work like eight. (laughs) She's like, yeah, that's because our culture has kind of pushed the like manifester and generators and like, go, 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 go. And I was like, yeah, I have a lot of those tendencies. Now I still have boundaries. I don't work past five. I don't work on the weekends. I don't take calls and things like that, but I still do an eight to five schedule. And, um, that's where I'm trying to kind of like shift back and do less. You know, I'm hearing a lot from you and I think it's something for all of us to emulate and and strive for. And that is like boundaries, just being really clear. (laughs) This is when I work. This is when I don't work. This is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not willing to do. You know, and even with clients, I found, I found that uh, when you put clear boundaries of like, this is what we do, this is what we don't do you end up getting better clients. You end up being able to charge higher fees. Like boundaries are so, so, so important. hundred percent. And that is part of your onboarding process where you tell them, here are my boundaries. Like we're going to work during this time. Don't email during this time. Like all of those things need to be set in those expectations at the beginning for sure. So speaking of processes and systems, if someone is just getting started, you know, they're like either, either they're successful and they haven't ever built a, like, this is the, formal process, or maybe yeah. they're just starting a business. Like what are typically the first steps for like creating their systems, their processes? Yeah. So it's, I think it's really an audit. You have to kind of like do a brain dump and say, okay, what's working, what's not working. Uh, what could be more efficient? What am I spending a lot of time on that? I probably don't need to be. And really kind of just brain dumping in all areas of the business. Um, I actually use the BCO buckets happens to be my branding, but business development, client services, and operations. I feel that all businesses have those three and everything fits within those. So um, essentially kind of looking at each of those different areas and saying, okay, like, where can I start creating templates? Where can I start creating checklists so that I don't have to be the one doing these things and I can start passing them off to people? Um, So I think the first step is really auditing and kind of just getting a lay of the land and figuring out like what pieces could start being brought into place for sure. Interesting. So you say it was BC. What what would that stand for? Yeah, so it's business development, client services, and operations. So obviously business development's like sales, marketing, prospecting, all of that kind of stuff. And then client services, or if you're, I work with mostly service-based. So if you're product-based clients or customer, um, and then operations is obviously all the back end, all the other stuff. I feel like you've got a knack, Brittany, for like really great. I mean, I guess this is a systems and processes, right? <laughs> but like great names, great acronyms and great like systems. We are all about our acronyms here. We've got the three yeah. P's of productivity, the road to scalability. I mean, yeah, we turn everything into an acronym. <laughs> Love it. You know, and you know, see, okay. So like, that's awesome because that gives you a unique qualifier for sales. It gives you a unique positioning in the marketplace. Like that's even, even if, uh, Someone was doing exactly the same as you because you've got that branding in place. Man, you just sets you yeah. <laughs> sets you apart. It's awesome. Yes, we we love our BCO buckets for sure. I organize everything in them. Awesome. Well, cool. Uh, what about like um, is are there any like tech recommendations where it's like, man, this is like a lifesaver for people who are like super busy or like, uh, is there tech you recommend to all your clients? Yeah. So the first thing I will say is that tech is not important. It's the system and process you put inside of the tech. That is a mic drop moment. (laughs) I Uh, am actually, 
Yeah. It drives me crazy when everyone's like, oh, you should use this and you should use this. And I'm like, it's not going to work if you have no process in it. And um, I'm a great testament to this because I actually moved from Trello to Asana. And when I moved there for project management, I literally just transferred everything over and uh-huh. used it in a different tool. Like <laughs> it, you have to have the system and the process before you can use the tech for sure. I love that. It's, I was going to say, uh, uh, by the way, Craig, your question is dumb. Please don't ask that. <laughs> Here's the real question you should have been asking. <laughs> no, no, I love it because that's the first, th- that's everything that everyone comes to me for. They're like, what project tool should I use? What CRM should I use? I, I say, what's your sales process? What's your project process? They're like, I have no idea. And I'm like, then I have no idea which tool you need to use. <laughs> you know, that's really funny because here's the thing is like lots of times people, people ask me the same questions too, yeah. especially like when they start hiring staff, they're like, Hey, yeah. what, what do you use to manage your team? And I'm like a Google doc, like <laughs> seriously, like what, what do you, okay. You, if you, if you're really busy, you're managing lots of people. Yeah. Asana, click up all that stuff. Yeah. But like a Google doc is all you need to begin with. Like yeah. For sure. It's it, because it's all about the communication and about things getting done, not about the tool. Yeah. Now that being said, I do have my favorite tools, right? <laughs> I am an Asana person. I use Kartra for all things online marketing and, and sales and stuff. But um, I think the biggest takeaway is that you have to have what the process is before you decide on the tool because they all essentially do the same thing. <laughs> love that. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Cool. Brittany, if someone wants to find out more about you, more about that, uh, the group program, more about working with you, where do they go? Yeah. Processforprofit.co. Um, you can find the podcast, the group coaching program, one-on-one, everything's there and we hang out on Instagram the most. So love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode helped you share with someone who needs to hear it as well. For more information on how you can work with me and great resources for your business, head over to builttoscalehq.com. Join us next time for Built to Scale. And until then, take some fast-focused, imperfect action. I believe in you. I got your back. We'll talk soon.